0: It's time for school, rock school, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. I'll give you one more Robin dancing on my own. Robin? Yeah, I don't know it either.
1: Dancing on my own? Let's
0: pretend we know it. Are oh, you... that's a good one. Yeah. Are you yeah. playing it? Uh, no, God, no. Playing Fountains of Wayne Stacy's Mom. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show right here on the Rock School Network. It's uh, it's summer, so we are way ahead on shows. So this is what bothers me. We are, I think, five shows ahead right now. I know to the radio listening audience that seems weird, but the show you're listening to was recorded five weeks before you're listening to it, which means... If something horrible has happened, if the Earth has been invaded by Martians, we don't know about it right now. Normally, we're just the week that it airs, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the summer, we get ahead. So, uh, if uh, if the Earth has been invaded by Martians, let's just uh, all hail our overlords. <laughs> I shall work in the sugar mines. <laughs> so, I'm Joe Burns. You are.
1: I am Tammy Burns. <laughs> just
0: getting you out ahead of it. That's what. I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's the concept here, Tammy. What is a? Me- I know this is going to sound like a dumb question, but what is a melody?
1: A melody. A it's, melody.
0: What's a melody? It's
1: a. Uh, it's a few words put together that uh, you sing.
0: Okay. And, and it's. Is it the words or is it the music? Can a melody be just? Na 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 yeah. see how it's I the think same it, I word? Could,
1: I think it can be words or music.
0: Okay, it can be words or music. Does every song have a melody?
1: I certainly hope so.
0: Okay, what's the melody to say dueling banjos? <sighs> Those of you in the audience too, while she's thinking, what's uh. the what's the melody to dueling banjos? And I know what you're gonna do. dun 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 dun. Really? Yeah. Once the two of them take off what's the melody to dueling banjos i got a better one for you okay. if you can't come up to dueling banjos what's the melody to rapper's delight No, i know what people are going to do hip hop a hip to the hipity hip. hip okay yes hum yes. that <laughs> i was
1: just humming it
0: yeah i know so this is the question there's there's this old case you've probably heard this before Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart. Of course, I know you probably have a picture of him on the wall somewhere in the kitchen, of course. He's the guy that made that famous statement that I don't know what, you know, obscenity is, but I know it when I see it. He made that famous statement. That's, you know, from back in the 1973-74 era. It's a melody line. What is it? What makes it good? Why do some melody lines like the Beatles yesterday stick in everyone's mind? Mm -hmm. Why does the melody line that I write not stick in everyone's mind? Right. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. What makes a good melody line? You think to yourself, well, Joe, it's all subjective. Well, yeah, to a point. However, there's research out the wazoo on what makes a good melody line. And people that will take lots and lots of your money to teach you how to write a good melody line. So
1: is it words or music?
0: I don't know. We're gonna talk about that today and we'll see if we can't come up with an answer. I I have another one for you. You know the song, Foggy Mountain Breakdown? That's the the banjo part? Yes. What's the melody to Foggy Mountain Breakdown? I don't
1: know, but every place that you (laughs) can not find a melody has to (laughs) do with the banjo.
0: Here's Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Pick out the melody on Rock School. Okay, now you've heard Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Again, I defy you. What's the melody to Foggy Mountain Breakdown?
1: You're picking a lot of musical instrument.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's an instrumental, but see if, if it's an instrumental. That's
1: right, Instrumental. If it,
0: even if it's an instrumental, it has to have a melody, and everyone can listen to it and go, even if they don't know the name Foggy Mountain Breakdown, yeah. they can come up with the fact that, oh, I know that song. But and, what,
1: what makes them say they know that if there's no melody?
0: Well, because it, wink, I know that tune. I know that melody. Okay, well, what's the melody to Foggy Mountain Breakdown? To override it, this is what I found when I started going to all the websites that will go out of their way to tell you what makes a good melody. And what this sort of all got kicked off with was I ran into a website that said, what's the most beautiful melody ever created? And again, you know, that's a nice a nice rock school topic the problem is that's completely subjective what's beautiful to me is not beautiful to you amen i get into these arguments all the time at band practice you know i i like punk don't get me wrong i mean it's okay i like it i don't reach for it but there's a couple people in my band that love punk music right and we go back and forth about well this is great eh, it's okay it's a subjective thing it's not
1: worth the argument
0: it is that's that you're right it's not worth the argument if you and a friend like music what you need to do is accept okay you like that i like this and then have a beer
1: good for you huzzah not good for me you
0: got it just that here's the thing What I ran into from all of these websites that talked about how you write a good melody. They say the melodies, and this is from the concept of looking at melodies that were hits. And I know what people are going to say. Well, hits, the fact that it was on the chart doesn't make it the greatest melody. You know what? Yes. Yes, it does. That means that a myriad of people stood up and said, I like that. And if the masses like it, there has to be something to it, to just dismiss it by stating, well, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Mm, I don't buy that. So what they did was look at the charts and take a look at the melodies. Here are the two things that sort of step up and sort of make a melody memorable in people's minds. Number one, repetition. It does the same thing again and again and again. And the one that came up that they sort of suggested, okay, look, look, look at this one, uh-huh. was somewhere over the rainbow. And they said it's that big jump, somewhere over the rainbow. But it, see, it does it again. Blue birds fly. Yeah. Birds fly over the rainbow. Why then, oh why can't I? See, it does it three times uh-huh. in a row. It's not quite an octave every time, but it's that bum bam, 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 See what it does? I do. It does it all three times. It's the fact that the melody did something again and again and again that's stuck in people's mind. Fine, what else? It's said here that other melodies become successful because they have some kind of climactic moment. Something that people hang around for. Something that Waiting people wait for it. Right. They wait for something to happen. You know the song Bad Finger? If yeah. you want it, here it is. There's that point in the song where it goes. Sonny, if you want it.
1: Yes, I Th- do know that point.
0: There's a story that, you know, whether it's true or not, and again, why let the facts get in the way of a good story, that the people of Badfinger, Pete Hamm and company, said to the author of the song, which is Paul McCartney, you know, we don't want to do that dead halt, Sonny. And, and McCartney, who obviously is a master songwriter, said to him, look, this is the thing. This is what people are going to wait for. Uh-huh. This is, and he had he it right. completely right. That climactic moment. And they said, that's the two things. You either have to have this, or you have to have this, or you have to have them both. Remember in Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You?
1: When it, she stops.
0: It goes on for two minutes, and yeah. then it comes to a dead halt. Yep. And then there's that huge note... And uh, and everyone waits for that. Oh, yeah. In Adele's song, Rolling in the Deep, everybody waits for, you could have had it. And then that big hit, right? all right. that note, way up top. That's what they're waiting for. That's what sets the melody apart.
1: So now we know how to do it.
0: <laughs> Again, <laughs> is there a formula to it? If Sounds there was, like if there was, it'd be easy to write a hit. Who knows? Here you go, bad finger on Rock School. Talking about melodies here on Rock School, you know what BMI is? What is it? It's pro. It's one of those that pays out royalties. It's one of those that's along with ASCAP.
1: Okay, that one.
0: BMI.com has something called the Top Melody Pitfalls. These are the things that songwriters do that screw up melodies. Oh, I need to
1: hear this. Let's
0: see if you figure this out. Uh huh. Writing the chord progression first, melody second. It says... What you're doing is you're forcing the melody to fit the chords. It says here, write the melody first and do the chord progression second. I always do it wrong. See, to me, the music is more important. Get I th- to the chorus. Right. Please don't bore us. Get to the chorus. That's the way I feel. I like the music first. I think it makes if a person is bobbing their head Mm -hmm. and you didn't tell them to bob their head, then you're doing something right. But according to BMI, it says you should be writing the melody first. Now, a couple of my songs, I've, I've come up with the melody first, but I'm of the opinion you, you write the chordal stuff first. And then over top of it, you sort of scat sing until you find the notes that fit it nicely. I think, I think the
1: chorus always seems to come first.
0: That's the way I feel it's about it like too. It's kind of like writing poetry. I, I'm with you as well. Uh, number two, it's not the notes as much as the rhythm. Are you making the audience say wow is your rhythm generally common? <clears throat> and 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 I kind of agree with that. You should do something that makes the audience kind of go, oh, what was that? What was that? You, they should as you sing it, bum 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 Bum, it should stop or move or do something weird. They shouldn't hear something they've heard before, which is darn difficult because you only got 12 notes to play with. <laughs> uh, number three, you do not differentiate each section of the song. Look, you've only got three, the chorus, the verse, and the bridge. And they should have three distinct melodies. And that's tough. It really is. That means you're writing three separate songs inside of a single one. It says you should. And the one they're suggesting does it most, I guess, most best. Thank you, I'm an English English person. Uh, Rolling in the Deep, they say does it best of all uh, all the songs that are sort of recent. Uh, Too long of a melody line. Catchy lines are short and repeated rather than long and drawn out. I agree with that. It should be short, quick, get it done. And people should learn it quickly. There's an old rule in radio. It's called the three-second rule. Uh-huh. When you fire off a song on the radio, yes. people should know it in three seconds. Hmm. In three seconds, but then They again, should,
1: have, should have learned it in three seconds it's so not they can that, sing it back? It's
0: not just that. I, I worked in hit-related radio. I didn't work in, in new music. I didn't work Top 40. I worked hit-related radio, stuff that people knew. When you fire off a song in three seconds... People should be able to go, oh, I know that. Yes. The fact that they can't name the person, and uh, so many people have no idea who the artist is. Right. They have no idea what the name of the song is. They have no idea what the words are, and they don't care. Mm-hmm. But what they should be able to say is, oh, I know that. I know that. <laughs> I know that's on. That's what they should be able to do. Three seconds. So this concept of a, of a melody line, they should be able to learn your melody fast enough. By the end of the song, they're singing it with you. Oh, I, I agree. I, I agree. agree. With that. Yeah, yep. and also taking your let, let me do that one next. I'll take number five next. Here you go. It's rolling in the deep, just to give you the impression of three separate elements: a different chorus, a different version uh, of the verse, and then a different bridge. Here you go. She hits
1: all of them, huh? Oh yeah.
0: According to BMI, it's Adele on Rock School. Into the first break, here's the number five that I wanted to talk about on BMI's Top Melody Pitfalls. It says you're taking your first melody line rather than editing. Right. This is something that uh, you know that I do, I do voiceover work. I work for a company out of Baton Rouge. I mainly do, you, you won't hear me. That's the thing. You, if you think, where have I heard you before? I work mainly car commercials and I've not done a national spot yet. So it's 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 mostly local but it says here taking your first line rather than editing what I'll do is every time I do a voiceover piece, what I'll do is three reads yes. for each one. I'll do a very hard-nosed read, mm-hmm. which is the, the concept of, you know, your car can get that. And then you'll do a very light read. You know, your car can get that. And then what you do is a fun read, which is just weird. You know, your car can get you that kind oh, of Oh, that thing. was fun. Thank you. Uh, and it's the concept of just taking your first one It's too easy Mm -hmm. you've got to play with it you've got to emphasize different words you've got to do different things okay
1: so you do that in the inside the melody also. that's what
0: it says to do and the way bmi put it was i know i can write a hit 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 see how they're emphasizing separate words You probably don't remember this, but what would happen is at radio stations we were dealing with, uh, the people that owned the businesses would not leave it to us, the disc jockeys, to read the commercials. Right. They were spending the money, so they were going to read their commercials. Yes. So they would come in and stand behind the microphone, and people believed that simply talking would make it sound natural. Mm -hmm. So what they would do is come in and, if you come to my restaurant, to rant I will make <coughs> I will make you french fries and it will be delicious and do you remember how many people came in and did that oh. yeah and it just didn't sound wonderful and what we would do is try to teach them that there was a roller coaster in their uh-huh. voice it went up and it went down and went up and went down and you had to make that up and down sound natural had to sound like you were speaking to the people on the other side. Yeah. So we'd put marks on top of it, and we'd teach them how that went. But I think that's what BMI is talking about. You've got to make it so it sounds natural, so the person who's listening believes you're simply singing directly to them. That's what you're going after. And that takes work.
1: I've never even thought about doing anything like that. Yeah,
0: how about that? Yeah. Well, when you worked radio, you remember the people that came in. Oh, absolutely. They sounded horrible.
1: Yeah, I loved it.
0: Until they were fun. I
1: love local spots. Nothing makes me happier. And guess what? Yeah. I listen to them. And even in the market that we're in now for TV.
0: Yeah, some of them are terrible.
1: It's fantastic.
0: Some of them are terrible. I mean,
1: I watch every single one of them like, oh, they're going to give me a million dollars. I love it.
0: I charge a hundred bucks for thirty seconds to read a thirty second spot. Mm-hmm. I charge a hundred bucks. You know what? It's worth a hundred bucks. Let a pro do it. And you think, well, you're big headed. Yeah.
1: When I hear Let
0: me read it.
1: When I hear the national spots that run, it, yeah. it can be a movie star, I I tune it out immediately. Yeah.
0: Agreed. I don't even listen
1: to it. A, a local It's too clean. It's it's too clean. Too clean. Too cleaned, you, cleaned up.
0: You've got to make it. You've got to make it a little less Voiceover guy. You know what I call it? What's that? Dirty. Dirty. Yeah, you got to dirty it up just a little bit. Who's listening to us?
1: Oh, my goodness. That's WXZY in Kane, PA.
0: Boy, we left melodies there for a little bit and went into voiceover. Well, it got dirty. Back in a minute here on Rock School. out of the break billboard magazine created a list called the top 100 choruses of all time.
1: choruses
0: Again, yeah, that's a hard word to say. <laughs> Again, there's that concept of please don't bore us, get to the chorus. Yeah. A lot of people can't tell you what the lyrics are in terms of the verse, in terms of the bridge, but when you get to the chorus... They
1: can all sing it.
0: They can do it. Watch your friend as they're singing in the car. When they don't know what they're talking about, they'll turn their head to the left and look out the window. Uh, 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 something's uh, something's uh, very uh, interesting... Out here to the left, and yeah, but when they get to the chorus, da 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 da, they know it. I have here the top twenty-five choruses, and you can pretty much suggest that the reason the chorus is interesting is because of the melody, right? Here's the first. Uh, I'm just gonna start at twenty-five. Okay. Rehab, Amy Winehouse. Oh, yeah. yeah let me, I'm gonna go to rehab. Crazy in Love, Beyonce. Cameron, Hey Ma. I don't even know I that one. I don't even
1: know that one. Yeah, yeah.
0: Skater Boy. He was mm-hmm. a skater boy. 22. Uh, Fountains of Wayne. Stacy's mom has got it going on. Eh. Number 20, Taylor Swift, You Belong to Me.
1: I don't eh. know that one either. Really? No.
0: I know a Taylor Swift song that you don't. I do God, we've ripped the Mm. time-space continuum. Uh, Britney Spears at 19. Oops, I did it again. Yeah. CeeLo Green, Mm F.U. Number 18. Number 17, Lady Gaga, Bad Romance. 16, O-Town, All or Nothing. Adele, Rolling in the Deep. Give you one more. Robin, Dancing on My Own. Robin. Yeah, I don't know it either.
1: Dancing on my own.
0: Let's pretend we know it. Are oh, you... that's a good one. Yeah. Are you yeah. playing it? No, God, no. Playing Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom. You, why you give me that look? Oh. She's got it going on on Rock School. Coming out of Stacy's mom Well they go, you're
1: just you're just a little bit of a pervert.
0: Might be. Do you know who played Stacy's mom in that?
1: It was a tall blonde.
0: Rachel Hunter, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, yeah. you remember her name. Ladies Poor and gentlemen. Stacy. You know why I remember her name?
1: No. Because she
0: has it going on Still, yeah, I'm sure. Yes, she does. She,
1: she's got some of Rod Stewart's money going there on, go. too. Here you go.
0: Bottom of the hour. I'm Joe Burns. You are?
1: Uh, Tammy Burns. Who has
0: got it going on? Let's yeah. do seven days, 70 seconds, June 5 all the way through June 11th, I believe. You got Monday. Go. June 5th,
1: 1971, Grand Funk Railroad beats the Beatles' 1965 Shea Stadium record, Gross for a concert. Grand Oops. Funk Terry Knight raised ticket prices just enough to make it possible. June
0: 6th, 19 1992, David Bowie and Iman renew their vows in Florence, Italy. There was a question if their marriage in Switzerland was legal. June 7,
1: 1969, Blind Faith performs their one and only concert in London's Hyde Park.
0: June 8, 2003, Billy Joel wins a Tony Award for Moving Out, wins for Orchestration. June 9,
1: 1972, Bruce Springsteen signs with Columbia Records.
0: June 10, 1969, Gary Lewis performs This Diamond Ring on the Tonight Show his dad was the guest host. Nepotism, N E P I um, O. Oh, you can't. June 11th, 1969, David Boy releases Space Oddity, capitalizing on the moon landing in July. Okay, back to Billboard Magazine's top 100 choruses. Where'd we leave off? Robin Dancing on My Own? Is, that is, what it it,
1: is this the top 100 or the top 25? Well, the
0: top 25, but the list but there was are the are top 100. Yeah, there oh, are 100. Sweet. I don't know who came on at 101, but man, are they angry. Uh, Number 13, InSync. Bye, 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 bye. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Rihanna, Umbrella. Mm. Sia, Chandelier, which I always liked. You don't know know the song, Uh, Chandelier?
1: I can't get it in my head. Oh,
0: you'll love it. I'm going to play it for you. Miley Cyrus, Wrecking Ball, Which Hurts My Soul. (laughs) Nelly, Ride With Me. Number eight, R. Kelly, Ignition. Again, I have no idea what that is. Number seven, Katy Perry, Teenage Dream. It's okay. Jay Z, Empire State of Mind. I don't know. Number five, Jimmy Eat World, The Middle. That's a good song. Number four, Outcast, Miss Jackson. It's a good song. Number three, The Killers, Mr. Brightside. Why is that on this list?
1: I don't know.
0: I no concept. Number two, Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone
1: that's number two
0: yeah it is number one should make everyone stop their automobiles shake their fist at the clouds and yell darn you billboard magazine carly ray jepson call me maybe oh i know i agree play carly ray jepson Not on your life, kiddo. But I will play Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Clark Clarkson. Clark Clarkson. Kelly, here you go. Since you've been gone here on Rock School... Okay, we're going to talk about Gary Ewer here and Secrets of Songwriting. It's a website I ran into. Here's what uh, Gary comes up with. He's one of these guys who sort of offers a few things to you. And then if you want to give a little bit of more money, spell uh, Ewer, E-W-E-R, if you want to go find him. He says, most good melodies restrict their basic range to no more than an octave and a half. That seems a lot to me. Does
1: it? It does. Well, you're the music god. I don't know any of this. Music
0: god? Really? Small Guy, g. Oh, I thought you I said god. No. I was positive you said god. Uh, it also says here: most good melodies have repeating elements, as we said before earlier on in the show. Also, most good melodies are comprised of stepwise motions, moves by scale steps. Uh, occasional leaps. However, most uh, melodies don't have those big, giant leaps. They just kind of walk up and down the scales here. Uh, And I've got a couple other things from Gary uh, Ewer. However, a song that kept popping up was uh, Peter Gabriel's Salisbury Hill. It showed up in two or three of these... uh, websites that I've been talking about who talk about melody and such and also Gary discussed it and I thought I would play it just to see what would happen good deal alright it's uh, Salisbury Hill here in Rock School
1: Climbing up on Salisbury Hill I could see the city light Wind was blowing, time stood still Eagle flew out of the night
0: Coming into the brick, let me tell you two more things, Gary. You were said about the secrets of songwriting and writing good uh, melodies. It said here, most good melodies have a discernible relationship to the bass line. You know, I've heard that on everything. Yeah. That everything must, in some way, shape, or form, connect back to the bass line. You're not buying it. I, I'm not buying it. I think that, I get it, everything must sort of groove together. Yeah. But the melody line is what people take away. It's in terms of, if you think about commercials, there's the slogan, and people should take away the slogan when you think about Rice Krispies, it's Snap, Crackle, Pop, Rice Krispies. When you think about Kit Kats, it's give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. I I think the melody stands alone. I get what Gary's saying here, but connecting it to the bass line all of a sudden means that your bass line connects with your melody and you all of a sudden make your bass line the melody line. And I don't know that that's correct. Isn't the bass your drum? Right, the bass and drum should connect like a a chain. Those two should be right up next to each other. He says also, most good melodies have a climactic point down from which it moves into a cadence, a rest spot. And we said that earlier on in the show. Yeah. There should be some point at which people are waiting for. There should be some climactic where you're sort of... I remember specifically... Uh, there's the Michael Jackson song. You want to be starting something. Mm-hmm. You got to starting be starting something. something. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically, and I get it. Michael Jackson has become a a, a a punchline and such. But I remember specifically people sitting around cars waiting in that song for them to go hee haw. Oh yeah. That's that was huge. He
1: was the master of that.
0: He really was, and people were waiting for that to happen yep. that climactic point if you can find that that was the early what do we call it uh, what do you call it a viral you you wait for that they go bang and if you can get that that thing where people hang around for that to happen,
1: hanging around for the thing,
0: hanging around for the thing, man. You have you've you've hung your hat on the shelf. You win. That's the good thing. Who's listening to us out there in Radio Land?
1: In Radio Land, Radio Land, K R F Y, Sandpoint, Idaho.
0: I am the mayor of Radio Land, and I have been stealing taxes for ten years. Yeah. Good enough. Back Don't in a, say that. Back in a minute on Rock School. Final break here on Rock School, as we talk about what makes a good melody line. I have here the most recorded songs of all time. Does These, that
1: make a good melody line?
0: Well, it has to have something to do with it if people have gone out of their way to re-record the songs, to copy the songs, to make covers
1: mm-hmm. of the
0: songs. It has to, has to has to mean something. All right. You have to have written something that's worthwhile. So what I have here are the top twelve. Why? Because that's what I was given. The top twelve. Number twelve, Johnny be good. Now these are according to the pros. These are the professional rights organizations. These are the people who receive and then distribute all of the royalties.
1: This is a money guy right here.
0: Right. So this isn't just some group of people that are like. Oh, I think it's these. No, these are the it's people.
1: Not the that... cover band on Saturday night, right?
0: Right. This is the group of people that distribute the royalties. So these really are. The Distribution of Fun's Top Songs. Number 12, Johnny Be Good. Number 11, Satisfaction, Rolling Stones. Number 10, The Look of Love, uh, written by Burt Bacharach and Hal David. The thing was, it was probably Dusty Springfield's version of it in 67. That made everyone go, oh, okay, and then re-record the song. Yes,
1: and then they had to do it.
0: Number nine, Silent Night. Franz Gruber was the original person. Silent Night. Yeah, the whole world has done Silent Night. I can't imagine Silent Night isn't inside of the public domain by now. That would seem to me it is. Number eight, uh, Louie Louie, Richard Berry, 1955. The thing is, Richard Berry doesn't get the amount of money anymore. He sold it to a publishing company not too long ago. Uh, Number seven, Summertime, George Gershwin. Now, remember, he wrote that in the 30s. It was part of the Porgy and Bess,
1: Mm. you
0: know, opera slash uh, Broadway play. Musical. The lyrics were by Du Bois Howard, and it has been, I mean, redone by everybody. Summertime and the living is easy. Oh, it is. Number six, Amazing Grace by John Newton. It was published in 1779, which of course means that it's in the public domain. domain. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you can probably redo it as much as you want. Number five, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Harold Arlen. Lyrics by Yip Harburg. Which were, I'm assuming, this was done by MGM. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming these two guys were just part of the the music writing crew. Yeah,
1: we think so. That was
0: out there. We're, we're, you got to remember this was during MGM's sort of more stars at MGM than are our stars in the sky. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm not sure they went, hey, we've written this massive hit. Uh-uh. It no. was just the next one, one that we're doing. Yeah, you got it. Uh, number eight, Imagine John, pardon me, number four, uh, Imagine by John Lennon. These, again, are the most recorded songs in history. Number three, Cry Me a River, Julie London. It was a blues ballad originally written for Ella Fitzgerald in the 1920s. Number two, Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. Nice. And a lot of people have redone that one. Do you have any idea what the number one covered song. And again, when I say covered song, I mean the song that has been re-recorded the most, because this list comes from the professional rights organization, those that pay out royalties. It's Any not idea?
1: it's not happy birthday, is it? You're not gonna pull like that no. on me, are you?
0: Happy birthday, by the way, used to be owned by was it Paramount Pictures, one of the movie companies, and they gave it up because the courts said knock it off. it's happy birthday good we're all gonna sing it yeah you can sing it now you used to not be able to sing it because if you remember you'd go into some restaurant and they would have some stupid song you know happy happy birthday welcome to our restaurant you should eat some food now give me higher tips yeah uh yeah now they can sing happy birthday because it's not in the public now it's in the public domain thank goodness any idea what the number one recorded song Uh -uh. is yesterday paul mccartney yeah, ladies and that gentlemen. That all makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is yesterday the greatest, the most beautiful, the most memorable, the most perfect melody of all times? Bum, 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 bum. Is that the greatest melody ever written? Yes or no?
1: I never even think about it. No? Mm-mm.
0: I don't know. Of those 12, let's play Johnny Be Good.
1: Ooh, now we're talking. I think we
0: are. Uh, that'll do it with melodies. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. I think we're done. Class is dismissed. <laughs>